0: How do you get repped as a director? What kind of credits are agents looking for? How do you best reach out and keep in touch? How do you know an agent is right for you? How do you know if you're even ready for an agent? Those questions and more will be answered on this live Q&A discussion with Sarah Alexander, agent and owner of Alexander Creatives. This is the Working Director Podcast, show that helps you go from emerging filmmaker to working director. As a filmmaker living in Los Angeles, I've directed over 130 projects, including six distributed feature films, all while helping filmmakers figure out how to level up in their careers. I do this show with one goal in mind, to help you become a working director. And if you want to join us for the live Q&A sessions and ask all of your questions, make sure you join our free private Facebook group by going to theworkingdirector.pro. Sarah Alexander is the owner of Alexander Creatives, representing artists for film, television, commercials, branded entertainment, and new media. Alexander Creatives represents directors, producers, writers, DPs, production designers, costume designers, editors, and first ADs. That's a whole lot of people. Sarah, thanks for being here.
1: It's a lot of departments. It's not necessarily a lot of people and they're all integrated departments, which is nice. So they are people work together from those different
0: departments. I always tell directors who ask me how to get an agent, I say, stop looking for an agent. When you're ready, that agent is going to find you. Or when you're ready, you're gonna have the material to make you attractive to an agent. Do you agree with that or do you have I feel like ideas? it's a
1: hybrid of that. It's there it is it is mostly true in the sense, you know, you have a an indie film darling, you have a short film darling at one of the big festivals, you have gotten on somebody's radar and then they do find you. And that's a delightful way, but there is a way to be networking to put yourself in a position for them to find you right? So it's not about reaching out to them directly because they're just inundated. And when I say they, I mean we, I suppose, are inundated. I jokingly say we don't look at all the material, not because we don't want to, but we just simply don't have the time to do that and then do a good job for our current clients. So we need a filter of some kind. We need somebody to be, for lack of a better description, curating. But that doesn't mean you can't put yourself in the right places for agents to have a look. You know, there's all kinds of initiatives happening at the studio level these days. Every single studio has an initiative for diverse voices, interesting voices, various contests. So in a way, I feel like that is reaching out to an agent indirectly as opposed to directly. So you want to put yourself in places that agents are looking, if that makes any sense, as opposed to reaching out to them. And then also when you think you have a good body of material, if you have friends and colleagues in the industry and you want an introduction, then you can ask for an introduction and it has to be very specific and you can ask very appropriately. You, you know, you have a short film that's doing well. You don't know if agents are noticing it or not. You have a producer friend, you have a colleague working somewhere. You can ask them to you know, see if they can get the material in front of an agent specifically that you know they know.
0: Yes. you got, I just, that's why I say stop chasing and start going out and doing the work. Most directors I know who are, who I would say are ready for an agent, either are ready for their first television episode or who have had their first television episode. Are there minimum credits, the type of credits you want to see before somebody should be trying to get an agent? Again, it, it runs the gamut,
1: especially right now because, because the studios are looking for such diverse voices that, um, if you are in that category, a person of color, a, you know, a different point of view, your credits can be a little bit more emerging than it used to be. A first television show would be fantastic, but if you have a decent body of work that has screened at a reasonable amount of festivals and sort of the shiny festivals, you know, there's, and there's, you can, you can actually do a Google search and find the top 25 film festivals. I couldn't name them, we all know the big ones. Um, so credits like that work for sure, you know, on the, on the minimum end, we would prefer that you have already made an inroad into the studio system, but it's a, I recognize it's a bit of a chicken and an egg scenario. You want to make an inroad into the studio system so you can get an agent, but you can't get into the studio system without an agent. So which do you do? You know, I think some agencies are a little bit more stringent about minimum credits, but it actually really is very subjective and up to each agent for sure
0: yeah of course and you know and i always when i say even agent i always talk about agent worth the money that you're giving because anybody can go throw a rock at a wall and get an agent but it's like right. a good agent they so should want you to have those credits and they give you It's great if someone says, I believe in you and I want to work with you. But like, if you don't have the credits, they don't have a lot to work with. Well, exactly,
1: we need the tools. I mean, I'll tell you a story. There was a a one, like she's a client now. She's wonderful, so talented, I think. She had a short film trilogy. We had begun chatting, right? And she, it was sort of an informal, I really like your work. I'm not sure where I can get it. And then a, a really wonderful, interesting showrunner found her because she wanted her point of view in the writer's room. And so it was one of those moments of, we had already been talking, she needed representation for this moment that got her into the WGA, etc. Based on that, I was able to get her all kinds of meetings in Los Angeles. It was one of those serendipitous, she was pushing in her own direction and showing up at all kinds of film industry events and putting herself available for panels etc etc and that got her noticed by this showrunner and she had been talking to me because i had noticed her short film trilogy which i thought was gorgeous honestly and so but that i don't believe in luck i believe in serendipity for sure and so she had been doing all the right things to put her in the right time and moment for this to come together
0: most of the stories you hear in hollywood are You've put in the hard works to be ready for the luck. Exactly. (laughs) Right. How does a director know that an agent is right for them? Because what if they're, you know, they're meeting with different agents besides a gut feeling, which is obviously I always say very important. Are there things to look for?
1: I believe so. I, you know, it, it, there isn't a a subjective gut feeling for sure, but you want to look to see how many other people, and I tell this to everybody, I'm assuming all of the people listening to this have an IMDb Pro account, but I say that if you don't have an IMDb Pro account, that is like the minimal investment one needs to do. And this is where you find this kind of information. You want to get a sense of how many other people this agent represents and where those people are in their career. And so you want to have a look to see like, am I one of 20 people who are exactly the same for this agent or if I'm one of four people who are similar stages in their career you wanna look for an agent that's got some working people doing well and maybe just a handful of people starting their careers, but you don't wanna be working with an agent that's got too many people and especially too many people at a, a, a beginning portion of their career because that's just too much work and time attention that you're, you're gonna need from them that you're not gonna get. Um, you also wanna see if they have in some ways, not necessarily like-minded clients, but clients that you feel like you belong in the same club for lack of a better description. Um, You could be on a roster where, you know, you do small independent films and there are genre people on that roster, but you want to feel like there's some kind of thread about um, belonging to that agent and they're gonna understand your work and know how to present you and where to present you
0: between that and what we first are talking about, I think that we can even get clearer on um, one question, which is how does a director know they are ready to be getting an agent? Because I, I cannot, it drives me insane how every director I know is constantly putting the work, doing the work aside because they're focused on getting an agent. I need an yeah. agent. It's like, no, it drives me right yeah. yeah. So what can a director look for in their own career at their own point where they are right now and go yes i should be getting an agent right now
1: Uh, a handful of things you have a body of work that is more than two things you know i would say more than five but it depends on what that body of work is if you have two feature-length independent films that screen somewhere that is a body of work, if you have five short films and three of them got into festivals and got some good, good festivals and got some good attention. That's a body of work. So, so that's And you have to be very rigorous about assessing your own body of work and how much of it you have. The other piece of it is how much have you been able to make inroads into the industry itself? Do you have a, a trove of contacts that are working in the industry at a professional level? Are you starting to get inquiries from people that you need help fielding? So, um, it, it is a combination of things. It's, it, and it's hard to sort of give people a checklist of when you have all of these things, you're ready for an agent, but a, a basic checklist is you can point to material that you have created that people have seen somewhere. Um, even if it's, you know, if you're a really high end commercial director, there's an element to that. Also feeling like, okay, and also to have something ready to show as far as this is what I'm working on for my next project. So if you're a director and you're not a writer, this is the difficult part, right? So you don't have a script to say, this is what I would like to make next. I know a lot of people these days are writer directors. Um, you, you then have to have even more work that's already been made. Um, And it wouldn't hurt to have relationships with writers and see if those, you know, and oftentimes if those writers don't want to direct on their own, if you have sort of created relationships about putting things in development yourself and deciding, I wanna work with this writer, I wanna develop this project, I wanna see if together as a team, we can get it produced. Um, And and so it's about networking in that way also, like finding material that you wanna create.
0: There's something interesting you said in there which is uh part of that is knowing that there's actually people reaching out to you and or you have a higher network of people that potentially what i would assume is meaning like you know i've met network showrunners now i can go to my agent and say hey can we get a general with this person who i met on um, via a program exactly. Yeah. right exactly uh and then the other thing is so director producers who team up and who get, who have scripts and Like I have a, quite a few scripts in my um, little, you know, folder or whatever. How do you work with those people who, so it's, they're not the writer of the script, but they have projects they want to do, as you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Cause you don't really help them get funding, but is there a place that agents play in that? Yeah. And you can potentially
1: help uh, depending on what level. I mean, we have connections to financiers, but we also have connections to, developing producers who have connections to financing right so i have a a vast bastion of all of the independent film producers that we all came up together from the 90s which is funny when i think about it and i would say a good deal of them are still producing in a way where they're looking for financing for individual projects and they have a point of view and they have kind of an agenda of the types of projects they want to make so i have presented Projects to them to say, would you be interested in coming on board to help develop this? So I haven't directly found the financing, but I've found them a producing partner who looks for the financing. So um, that's how agents can help and work that way. I mean, there are different kinds of agents at the big agencies. And I'm the first to admit that I am not in that group of people who can send things directly to the studios and say, I found this amazing young writer, and I think that you should make this movie for $50 million. And so there are agents who are at that level, for sure. Getting to them is really difficult, and they're the ones who really find you some way, somehow, because of something you've done previously that has gotten their attention.
0: I'm going to use me as a test case for you. So okay. I feel okay. like I'm not, I don't chase an agent, as you know, <laughs> as I keep saying. Um, I have had bad agent. Um, interactions in the past, sure. so that may be my problem. Sure. But uh, so I've directed six feature films, and mm-hmm. right, and I've directed over 130 other projects. And all, dist- uh, all feature films are distributed. One was in theaters last year, small theater run, but it was theaters. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm at a point now where I'm like, okay, and this is probably a lot of the people watching who, because a lot of my my folks are in the same level of like, I am ready for my first network television episode. And as right. you know, I'm sure as an agent. Getting the first and even the second is the hardest. And then once you get those, suddenly you're off and flying. Right. So one, do you take on directors at this level? And two, if you do, what do you kind of use as, like, how do you get them in the door? How do you get them meetings? How do you help them get that first episode? Or is it just like, no, you go get it and then we'll talk. It's a
1: combination and, and and right now it's an interesting time. So for instance, just to be really candid, you're a female director, right? That is interesting to you know, studios these days in and of itself. And so I would talk you know, I would know that you the the type of work that you've done, right? I'd get a sense of your aesthetic and your point of view. And then we would target shows that would be interested or are like-minded with that aesthetic and point of view and i would figure out who i know on those shows if i know the consulting producer if i know the showrunner if i know you know if i know the the television executive at the studio if i you know um you know there are a handful of companies where i know the exacts and i and i literally as my job, I write, here's a new director you should know about. I would love for you to consider them. Let me know if you would be willing to meet with them, et cetera, right? So you just try to, I hate to use the term this way, try to poke at it that way. Um, and then, but if, so if, so, if you and I were meeting for the first time, I would look at your work. I would say, you know what, I th-, and let's say, I would look at the work and i say, you know what, there are like 30 shows that I think this could be um, simpatico with. And then I would talk to you and I would ask you, who have you met in the course of your world? You know, have you met, you know, maybe somebody you met a while back, I know is show running on this show and you had a nice interaction with them. Let's start there, right? So I start with, let's see where the overlapped connections are. And it's always easier to get to somebody who's already met you in some capacity to get them to consider you. It's a a lot of work. It's definitely an uphill battle. So again, with agents, it is a question of, is it the timing right for them to take a new person into their roster to say, I've got the time and energy and attention to spend to try to push it this over the hill? Um, I really like this person's work. I really like this person. I want to work with them. So that's where an agent makes the decision. And then on the other side, as the director, you have to ask questions of the agent and be really honest and, and with warmth and affection and say, do you have the time to work with me? Do you have the time? And if you don't, I respect that, you know, cause you don't want some agent to say, absolutely, let's do it kid. And
0: then they do nothing. And then they hope that you've done it on your own. So if you're think- most people's life, actor, filmmaker, Baker, doesn't matter. It's, I think that's the typical story. And I love that you said that, but it could be that you're a New Yorker. So you like the honest upfrontness. That's true. We
1: definitely in New York. It, it it's true. We have a much different uh, methodology of communicating, for sure. I it, and it's it's a stereotype. It's so silly. I hate to you know. Again, I'm I'm uncomfortable admitting this the New York stereotype versus the Los Angeles stereotype. But th- there's
0: a reason the stereotypes exist. It is. I lived in New York for two years before coming to LA, and I was like culture shock coming. Here. I bet. I really love everything you've brought to this conversation in 20 minutes is freaking amazing like this has been like i think you've really laid out everything i've been trying to teach but now they're hearing it from your mouth so that's great great. wonderful (laughs) for those of who are really like i don't care i want an agent um we know we've talked about they should be doing other things be in other places where agents can sort of find them or or not emailing directly but let's say that somebody has a good interaction with you. Maybe they met you, you're doing a panel and you guys had a great interaction, something. Mm -hmm. Um, Is it good to follow up via email? Is it better to follow you on one of your social medias? How do you recommend they stay in touch with you?
1: That's hard. I would start with an email. I mean, if you've got a direct email address, if you didn't uh, email, email to the info box, we get emails in there all the time. I suggest that the email is short, in length like no more than three sentences because you know presumably somebody is looking through these emails before they get to the agent i have people looking through emails and i've actually had my assistant say you know this i like the way this person wrote do you want to have you know what i mean so you're you're trying to charm somebody an email you know short to the point i met you know sarah at this panel we had a wonderful conversation. I really liked that we were like-minded about the worst person in the world. We both loved that film. Like be specific about something that was discussed. Um, please let me know what is the best way to stay in touch and if she may have time to have a look at my work. Like very simple and to the point. I think, again, it might be, I might appreciate that more because of we're in New York and we like things that are very direct with, with with courtesy and some polish and some charm right you know you want to be charming whatever that looks like so email's a good way to do it always following people on social media can't hurt right you know you might because it there's nothing to it and there's no downside right to follow somebody on social media so that i would say do that no matter what because there's no reason not to um i think that i think more than one email and one follow-up maybe six weeks later that's the end of it right i think that but i think that's perfectly reasonable and legitimate one very short charming email one follow-up email i sent an email a few weeks ago i'm just following up because i you know would love to stay in touch i understand you're very busy would be thrilled if you can get back to me sincerely just something as short and sweet as that right and then if you don't get a response from that they no. just they're too busy they have they, it's not because they hate you you didn't eat worms you often don't have time to respond but sometimes something will ping if you've had a good interaction with somebody and your follow. i always believe in the follow-up and try not to be afraid to do it and th- it, there's a very fine line don't be too aggressive and don't be too shy And if you can figure out where that line is, that's where you should try to stay.
0: So I do have a director who recently, they're confused on what they should do next because they had they sent their stuff to an agent. The agent said, I'll look at it. They followed up four weeks later and they said, oh, I've been on vacation. I'm going to look at it now. And now it's another two weeks. So they're like, what do I do? What would you recommend? Just another... I would give it another,
1: especially in summer, you know, I have scheduled calls for September that were scheduled in July because people specifically said I'm taking the month of August off. I'm just not doing anything. So I would wait because it's summer, I would wait even a little bit longer. So I would give it until like the third week of September before the next follow up. I think that people are really not paying attention to stuff if they don't have to we're in the dark days of summer and then people are going to hit their desks after labor day and again they're just going to be overwhelmed and it's going to take them a minute to sift through everything and so and then just as just an aside i've i've told this timing on when you send emails so depending on what coast you're on and where you're sending to you you want to send emails you want them to hit people's inboxes but somewhere between 10 and 11 30 in the morning and again sometime between like two and 430. You don't want to hit people when they're hungry. They're going to delete your email. You don't want to hit people and you never on Mondays and never on Fridays, because on Mondays, people are catching up and on Fridays, people are trying to wind down. So Tuesday through Thursday, that's the sweet spot of when you want to reach people. It's its not scientifically proven, but anecdotally, that's what I have found.
0: And then a really quick on that note, when is a good time for someone to try to reach out to an agent for the first time? Would it, would it- be in the summer or would it be you no know, when they're back to work in September?
1: No, when they're back to work, because you know that old saying, when you want something done, give it to a busy person. So when you're in work mode, when you're just sort of in the zone, you can really clearly see things when you're not in the zone, when you're thinking about like trying to get out early or meet a friend for lunch because it's quiet and there's not a lot for you to do. When an email comes in, you're like, oh, God, I don't want to pay attention. To that. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being really candid, and I know this is the case for a lot of people. So I think that like September, October, November, the, like, the sweet spot timing wise, I would say would be like middle of September until the week before Thanksgiving, right? And then people are kind of in the holiday, Thanksgiving, Christmas mode. And the, then again, I would say end of January, beginning of February until Memorial Day.
0: I love it. This is this is all fantastic. So Stacy uh, is a director with a question. She said, is there anything that would catch your attention to want to rep somebody work-wise? Is there something you like in particular that always stands out? It's embarrassing
1: <laughs> to admit, but it's you look at where the credentials have been before you actually look at the work. You know, it's it's true. So you if somebody says this is my you know Sundance short film, you see that before you even see a description of the film. So you're going to want that shiny thing, again, because you just don't have time to look at everything. And so even if something sounds interesting, you know, you don't even want to spend the five minutes to see if it actually is interesting. You want somebody else to have done this for you. So that's going to be a film festival. That's going to be some kind of studio initiative. That kind of thing, so you're going to want to put the credentials of whatever it is you want an agent to look at before you even describe the thing.
0: So, Stacy, I know you recently applied to the Half Foundation. If you get in, right, that's an so, email. Right, right.
1: So <laughs> that's the Ryan, cool. what's his name? Ryan, Ryan. Murphys, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Stacy says, Good to know when putting portfolios together, lead with the frosting. <laughs> exactly.
1: That's a I perfect, like
0: wonderful way of putting it, Sarah. This has been. Fabulous. I cannot believe how much great info you squeezed into 27 minutes.
1: (laughs) Oh, nice. I'm I'm done it. Good. I'm glad it was helpful. Good luck to everybody. Seriously, this is really hard and it's worth the work. That's my, 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 what, my parting thought.
0: Thanks for listening to The Working Director Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please rate and review as it helps others find the show and helps us keep making great content for you. And if you want even more help with your directing career, check out TheWorkingDirector.pro, where you can apply to be part of the Accelerator that hones in on where you currently are and helps you get to where you want to be. Whether it's this podcast, The Accelerator, or our free Facebook community for directors, we're here to help you get to work.